You're listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor George, which is from our sermon series, Where is God? For more information, please visit our website at www.creekside.org. How many of you hate waiting? (laughs) That's exactly what we're talking about today. Waiting on God. Hey, by no means am I saying I'm on the level of God and you had to wait for me, but uh, how many of us got a little uncomfortable there for a second? I I got some texts. Asking me if everything was okay, where are you, did you forget you had to say something today? (laughs) Waiting does some funny things to us, doesn't it? Listen, uh, I want to welcome you guys this morning. Again, what an awesome time of worship. He is faithful. Can I get an amen? And uh, welcome those watching online. Issa, I know you're watching. John S. Hanskin, No Sock Man is watching. Um... Who else is watching? Uh, uh, Pat's watching. Deb and Dad. I still don't know who you are, but you're watching. Uh, Sherman family's watching all the way from Martinez, California. Welcome. <laughs> and hi, Mom. Uh, can we let those online know that those of us in house love them? Come on. <laughs> I hate waiting. I'm an impatient man. And I know that you probably hate waiting in certain contexts of your life as well, in different areas of your life. Uh, Today, we're continuing on in our three-part series called, Where is God? Because I know that's a question that I've asked many times in my life, and it's a question that you have probably asked a few times in your life as well. Where is God? And today we're talking about when God doesn't show up, when we want him to show up and do what we expect him to do. Can anybody relate to that today? Let's, let's be honest, we're in church. To help us out a little bit, let me ask you this question. How many of us hate waiting in a checkout line? How many of us hate waiting in traffic? DMV, am I right? (laughs) Am I right? Am I I preaching truth? The DMV. I think God gave us the DMV to give us a little glimpse of what hell might be like. How many of you hate waiting to get into the doors to this church on Sunday morning? (laughs) Said no one ever. (laughs) How many of you guys hate waiting on your spouse? Kristen, don't raise your hand. (laughs) We hate waiting. Let's just all agree. We hate waiting. We hate waiting. Today, we are going to talk about when it feels like God is late. When it feels like God is late. Because sometimes in life, here's what I've learned about God. 
out of all the years I've been walking with Jesus, sometimes some of the things that he does or doesn't do doesn't quite make sense. It's hard to understand. The reality is, is many of us are waiting on God, both in-house and those watching online. We're waiting on God to do something. We're waiting on God to show up. We're praying and we're believing that he can do something. And, and, and we have the faith, but he ends up not. He ends up not doing it. You're praying, you're believing, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're believing, you're praying. And it's, it goes on and on and on. And if you're like me, you may be asking, why doesn't God do something about it? Why doesn't God show up and do something about it? Maybe, maybe for you, it's, God, why aren't you showing up and, and helping me navigate my financial struggles? Why aren't you showing up? Again, I'm not sure what it is for you. It may be a health struggle that you're going through or somebody in, in your family or a loved one is going through. It may be a job issue. You don't know if you're going to have a job tomorrow or you're struggling through the one you currently have. It may be a relation, a, a relationship or a relational issue. I mean, be honest for a moment and really think about this. How many of us have ever asked, how come God didn't show up and do something about it? Raise your hand. And for those of us who aren't raising our hands, it's probably because you're sitting next to it. Or maybe you're married to it. <laughs> all of us at some point of our lives, all of us, all, every single, watching online and in-house, at some point in our lives, we face times of waiting. Waiting. Where we know God can show up and God can do something about it. And we've even seen him do it in the lives of others. And, and we have faith, believing he will do what we think he should do. And he doesn't do it. And we end up waiting. Waiting. There are some people in, 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 in this very place or watching online, they're waiting to conceive a child, asking, why, why, God? Why aren't you blessing us? There are some people who've been waiting most of their life for a real relationship to get married, someone to care for them, and they can care for other. I mean, they're waiting to get married. Why aren't you sending me somebody, God? Some of us are, some of you are, are, are waiting on a prodigal child. They've disconnected from their faith and, and they're out there. And you're just praying and waiting and asking God to bring them back. 
waiting on a job. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You're waiting for healing. You're waiting for someone to come to Christ. And you're praying. You're believing. You're waiting. You're praying. You're believing. And you're waiting. And you're wondering why God hasn't done anything about this yet. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. That with God, a time of waiting is never wasted time. A time of waiting with God is never wasted time. Let me show you this in John chapter 11. It's a powerful story about two sisters named Mary and Martha. Who are we talking about? Mary and Martha. And you may be familiar with it, but it's, we're going to talk about these two sisters, Mary and Martha, and, and they have a brother named Lazarus. And if you haven't heard of them, Mary and Martha were very, very, very close to Jesus. In Luke's gospel, there's a story of Jesus coming over to their house for dinner. And it's just, it's a funny situation because Martha is freaking out about the house not being ready. In addition to, uh, and then you have Mary just kind of chilling and going, oh, it's all good. The point is that Jesus came to their house and, and, and uh, to their home and uh, ha- joined them for dinner. They had, uh, he had their homemade chili. Uh, I don't know if that's what they ate, but the point is they had a very close relationship with Jesus, super close. So when their brother Lazarus got sick, they totally expected Jesus to do what he was doing for complete strangers. And what was he doing? He was healing people. So for sure, Jesus would show up on the scene and do the same thing for them. But God doesn't always uh, work on our timeline or do what God or what we think God should do. It says this in John chapter 11, 1 and 3. It says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, say this with me, the one you love is sick. Just take that in for a moment. Look how intimate that statement is. Look how intimate they were with Jesus. How close. They were so close, they didn't even use Laz's name. said, the one you love. You know why? Because they weren't worried. He got this. He's going to heal him. He'll be here. Jesus is in our Creekside group. So they wait. And Jesus doesn't show up. The next day, what are they doing? They're waiting. The day after that, guess what they're doing? They're what? Waiting. Waiting. And they keep waiting and waiting and waiting. Hey, we know he's coming. Now, chances are, if if if, if you're like me, they started doing a little bit of what, what, what we might all do if we found ourselves in that situation. We, 
we would be reminding God that he should be doing something right about now. Right? We would be reminding God why he should do something for us. Listen, God, you got to show up because listen, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I gave money. I gave money to the dude ringing the bell last, you know, during Christmas season. I dropped a few bucks in there. I listened to K-Love, all 12 songs they play every hour, all day long. <laughs> I'm a good person. Listen, I, I post a couple of Bible verses once or twice a year on my Insta or my Facebook. God, I don't know why you're not showing up because I have served in Creekside Kids. And just not in Creekside Kids, but I served in the nursery where I changed a dirty diaper. You owe me. So without a doubt, God, I know you're coming, right? I mean, if we're honest, we've all been there. God, if I do this, then you should do this. Yo, Jesus, I thought we were tight. Yet Jesus doesn't show up. Because with God, a, a, a waiting season is never a wasted season. Time waiting is never wasted time. For those of you who are waiting on God to do something, you're waiting on God to show up. You might even have faith that God can do whatever needs to be done, but yet he's not doing it. I'd like to give you two simple things. I'd like to give you two things to remember that will build your faith while you are in the middle of a waiting season. Two things that will build your faith while you are in the middle of a time of waiting on God. The first thing is this, and, and again, uh, you may have heard this statement because it is not new to me, but it's true to me that uh, God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. God's not yet is not necessarily God's no. Let that sink in for a second. Just because he hasn't done anything doesn't mean he's not going to. Just because he hasn't answered your prayer right at this moment doesn't mean he won't answer it at some point. John chapter 11 verse 4 says, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. And, and, I, and I think Jesus says something really profound here. It's a paradigm shift. It's a change of perspective. And he says this, no, it is not for God's glory so that 
God's, or it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. In other words, he says, I know this is going on and I'm still in complete control. And even though you don't understand at this very moment, you will eventually see the purpose for it. You see me, Jesus, glorified. Through this very thing you never wanted to happen, I will be glorified through this. Remember, God's not yet is not necessarily God's no. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. In fact, one might say uh, many delays are divine delays. I mean, and what I mean by that is like God orchestrated delays. Because let's be honest, don't we pray, God have your way in me, God have your way in everything. We say that, right? But we, do we really believe it? God orchestrated delays. In other words, God may do what you, or God may not do what you want, or <laughs> let me get this straight. God may do what you want, but he may not do it right at this moment because he has a different purpose. God has a reason for a not yet. Here's why I believe this, because I think God often wants to do something in you before he does something for you. God often wants to do something in you before he does something for you. It's like our kids, parents, you can relate to this. I can give you what you want right now, but it'll be better for you if you wait. Parents, can I get an amen? amen. I can give you this now, but it's better if you wait to learn something first before I give it to you. Parents, we can understand that concept. I mean, in my own life, God is needed constantly to do something in me before he did something for me. And, and here, let me just give you a few, if, if I can give you a peek behind the curtain. I am not a patient man. Patience is not natural for me. But God has taught me how to be patient. Worse, he's given me opportunity to learn how to be patient. He's taught me to depend on him and less on myself. He's taught me to call on him and put my faith in him. He's taught me to trust him. Sometimes God, sometimes God wants to do something in you before he does something for you. Just because you don't see anything happening doesn't mean God isn't working. Mary and Martha, Jesus, you have to come. You have to come now. You have to, you have to come. You, you have to heal them. We know you're coming. We know it. With God, time waiting is never time wasted. Time goes by. The reality is Jesus, Jesus hasn't arrived. 
but they are certain he will because Lazarus is sick. He has to be here. He's got to be here. I mean, this is what a, a real friend does, right? And then what happens to Lazarus? He dies. Lazarus dies. The one that Jesus loves is dead. Where's God in this? Where's God in that? That's not the feel-good ending we wanted to this story. I mean, think about it. Where is God? God, you're out there healing everyone else, but the, love, the one you love is now dead because you didn't show up when we thought or think you needed to. Jesus is out healing everyone else. Even Roman soldiers, he's healing. But he doesn't show up on the scene to heal Lazarus, the one that he loves. What do we do when God doesn't make sense to us? What do we do when God, we find ourselves going, God, where are you? What's the deal? Now, eventually, a long time later, Jesus does show up. And by the time he gets there, it's an insult and, and, and it could be considered rude. Because the body had been prepped and it's been put in the tomb and it's been there for four days. Now I can imagine their frustration, Mary and Martha's. I can imagine them saying, now this is getting a little personal. Not only did you not heal Lazarus, but you did even show up to comfort, comfort us while we were mourning. What's up with that? Verse 17 tells us, it says, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus was already been, or had already been in the tomb for four days. And if you read ahead, what happens next to a dead body after four days? It decomposes. It says it doesn't smell good. I think the NIV says a bad odor. And I heard it said, and I don't know, anybody rocking a, a KJV version Bible, King James version today? Look it up. It says it stinketh. <laughs> Four days into it. And, and the body's beginning to smell. Now you got to understand, four days has significance in, for the people in the first century. Uh, they, they have this superstition, but they had the superstitious belief that for three days, the spirit hovers over the body uh, and the spirit is close enough uh, that, you know, in case of a miracle, the spirit can rejoin the body and, and this person can rise again. But by day four, they believed that the spirit was gone. It's over, game over, no hope. Days one, two, and three was like Wesley and the Princess Bride, mostly dead. <laughs> Day four, you are dead, dead. Lazarus was dead. 
I think we experience this as, uh, as well in, in other ways. Maybe not a physical death. But in areas of our life where we say to God, you could have shown up. You could have done something about this. You've could, have, you've could have done what I've been praying for, but you didn't. Why, God? Where are you, God? What's up with that, God? And for being honest, we've all asked that question. But God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. In verse 20, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, what did she do? She went out to meet him. But Mary stayed home. I can imagine Martha going, I'm just, you know what, he, he, he didn't come when we want. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to meet him. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. I'm going to plaster all over Facebook how crappy of a day I'm having because of this man or this person. She goes out there and says, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Can you feel the pain in that? Can you sense her emotion? She was hurt. You know why? Because she was human. She feels like most of us would have felt if the doctor didn't show up and we lost a loved one because of his tardiness. Didn't you get my text? Which is funny, Jesus, because you got my message about dinner. I'm sure she was upset, but then she says in verse 22, but I know, say I know. I know, know, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. I love the reality of that. And that's where I often live. God, God, why didn't you uh, do what only you can do? When you could have done it, when I asked you. God, why didn't you show up when I needed you to show up? But you know what, God? Here's the truth. I still trust you. I mean, last week, if you were here, I talked about uh, my wife being diagnosed with diabetes. And I prayed for many years for her healing. And then what happened? I ended up getting the very same disease that she had. First, I started going, God, why did she get it? Praying, 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 praying. Does he answer my heals, uh, prayers for healing? No. I end up getting it. <laughs> then I go through that whole say, why me? What's up with that? Where are you in this? I thought you can heal her. I've been serving you. I've been faithful. We've been leading teen Bible studies. I've been reading your word. I've been praying. I've been singing your worship songs. I've been tithing. Why did you do what I asked you to do? I don't get this, but I still trust you. You see the tension there? I understand, or I don't understand God, but I still believe and I have faith. I'm, I'm mad, but I still trust. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated, but I still trust you. And here's the deal. I think God understands this. I think God's, I, can't, I mean, I can't prove it, but I know as a dad with my own child, dad, I don't like that. I don't like that decision, Dad, but I know you love me and I know you have the best for me, 
so I'm going to trust you. I, I, I believe God understands that. Again, I, I, I can't prove it biblically, but I think he does. God might be saying, you don't understand what I'm doing right now. But please, please, I mean, well, he doesn't beg us, but he does say, just trust me. You don't get it. Yeah, it's difficult. But trust me. I've got you. It's that tension. I I think some of us are living there right now especially with everything going on in this world. Everything going on in a lot of our families. Some of us are living right there right now. You're waiting on something. You're waiting on something. You're believing, praying, and waiting, and it's not happening. Finances aren't getting better. Uh, one step you could take is join FPU. Uh, Maybe it's your business. It's not growing and you're not, you don't know how you're going to pay your employees tomorrow. Maybe it's a relationship that, that you've been believing for that's not progressing or, or things are going backwards in your marriage. Maybe your health isn't improving. It's getting worse. Some of us are there right now and you're going, God, you're not meeting my expectations I believe in you, I trust you, I serve you, I worship you, I spend time with you. Why are you not meeting my expectations? And here's what I know to be true. And if you're writing, taking notes, write this down. If God always met your expectations, he would never have the opportunity to exceed them. If God always met our expectations, he'd never have the opportunity to exceed our expectations. Let me explain it like this. Uh, There's no hope for Lazarus. He is dead. How dead? Really dead. He smells. Game over. There's no hope. But then what happens? Verse 23 happens. It says, Jesus said to her, and read it out loud with me, your brother will rise again. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, he said, her brother will rise again because that's important. I don't want you to miss the power in that. Now, she's looking at him confused because she doesn't quite get this. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the what, church? Come on. Do you realize how important that is? How powerful that is? Your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, he said something that every single one of us who follow Jesus, he says something that our faith hinges on. That everything we believe hinges on that statement that he made. I think it's a statement that might demand a little bit more 
I don't know, something, than what we're willing to give it. This is something that if our entire faith hinges on it and we have a relationship with Christ, this is something that, I mean, demands a little bit more than what we just gave, I think. I'm not sure. The fact that our life is transformed by our relationship with Jesus. So here's what I would love for us to do. When I say Jesus said to her, let's give that, I, I, I mean, let's say it with the power I think that is within that statement. Can we do that? Yes. With all that we believe from the bottom of our heart. And, 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 and after we say that, let's give, let's give our Father God and Jesus just a little bit of a praise break at that moment where we can clap and say, thank you, Jesus, that we have new life because of who you are. Can we do that? So Jesus said to her, what? I am the resurrection and the life. Give him some praise. Come on. It's okay. It's a, this is the safest place to do something like that. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. I think Jesus is working a little illustration here. He's trying to paint a picture for us. The resurrection is not an event. It's a person. Jesus is the resurrection. In Jesus' in, in, uh, death no longer has a final say. When you put your faith in Jesus, your body may die, but you can live forever with God in heaven. I am the resurrection and the life. One, the one, the one who believes in me will never die. If God always met or did what you wanted, what I wanted him to do, he would never exceed it. If God always met your expectation, my expectation, then he would never have the opportunity to exceed them. Mary and Martha wanted healing, but what Jesus wanted was resurrection. I don't know if you're picking up what I'm putting down. They wanted their brother healed, but Jesus was gonna bring him back to life. What they wanted was good, but what Jesus had planned was so much better. And here we get mad at God for going, I want you to do what I want. Because what I want is just good. Even though I know and I believe you can do far better, God. I'm not sure who, but I need to tell somebody here that you have been wanting something. You've been praying for something, but you haven't got that something. And, 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 but if you got that something, I'm here to tell you that it would not be as good as what God has planned there may be a girl online or uh, even in-house that you've been devastated because you're wanting to marry some dude saying, I've got to marry him. we got to get married. He told me we're going to get married. And three years later, you end up marrying some other him. 
And you're going to look back and you're going to say, I am so glad I didn't marry that first hymn because this other hymn is so much better. Thank you, Jesus, you didn't let, uh, let me marry that first dude. Because this one that I got right now, even though in my time of waiting, I know that this is an upgrade and he loves me beyond anything that I could have hoped for. You know, that thing that you wanted, it may not be as good as the thing that God has planned for you. Job. The one you really wanted didn't work out. Work out. The one that you really want to write didn't work out. But years later, you got one that's even better. You're saying, God, I know if you gave me what I wanted, you wouldn't have had the chance to exceed my expectation with my job. They wanted Jesus to heal their brother. But Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead because what they expected is nothing compared to what God had planned. Jesus said, take away the stone. Take away the stone. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And what happened? You're catching on. I'm digging this table, but it's half my family, so <laughs> they get it. Woo! Lazarus, come out. And then? The See, God didn't give them what they expected. He exceeded their expectations. If I can have the worship team come up, we're going to wrap this up, and we're going to have a moment of reflection and personal time with God because I feel like there's some dead areas in the lives of those that are uh, here this morning that need a little bit of that resurrection power in Jesus. You gotta understand, friends, that God's delays are not God's denials. God may say, not yet, Greg. Not yet, Brian. Not yet, Josh. But it's not a no. It's just a not yet. And we have to remember that with God, a time of waiting is not wasted time. Let me just remind you, I prayed for years for my wife to be healed and he didn't heal her. I ended up getting the very same disease. But that time wasn't wasted. It built my faith. It built my trust. And dare I say, it helped me acquire some patience. A time of waiting is never wasted time with God. And just perhaps, maybe, that God wants to do something in you before he does something for you. I'm going to ask you to stand with me.
Listen, just because you're not married, for all my single peeps, just because you're not married doesn't mean God isn't preparing something amazing for you. It doesn't mean that God isn't preparing somebody amazing for you. Just because you may have lost your job, you have to know and and trust that there might be something better, that God has something better coming. For those who are trying, and I don't know who this is for, but for those who are trying to conceive, it doesn't mean you won't. Or that you might even, you know, you, you, what, what if, what if God wants you to adopt? I mean, listen, all of us might wake up one day to realize, and, and I love this, that the scene of your greatest disappointment, the, the scene of your greatest disappointment may just be the very setting of your greatest miracle. The very thing you never, ever wanted may be the very thing that God uses to reveal his amazing goodness, his faithfulness, and his plan for you beyond your greatest expectation. So what do we do when we find ourselves asking, where is God in this? What do we do when we're in a time of waiting on God? family trying and wanting to have a child of their own. Someone is struggling with their current job situation. Someone is struggling in their relationship right now. Someone is struggling with not having a relationship with someone they can love and be loved by. All, uh, every single one of us have experienced hurt. We don't understand. We're confused. We're praying. We're waiting. And we're doing this day after day after day after day doing what we know how to do, praying for a miracle. But I'm believing for every single one of us in this room that a verse 23 miracle is about to happen. A verse 23 miracle is coming. But the reality is it may not. And we gotta be okay with that. It may not, but the bottom line is, whether it is or it's not, our faith, our trust, our hope in Jesus doesn't change. It's all for God to be glorified. Whether I go through a triumph or a trial, let God be glorified. Now, verse 23, a little caveat, doesn't mean that everyone is going to be healed and everyone finds a job and, you know, everyone has a child. That would be weird. Um, It doesn't mean that 
Uh, everyone will get what they're expecting God to do. It doesn't mean that. But it does mean in verse 23 that God will be glorified. Listen, I know every single one of us in this room and watching online, you're praying, you're waiting, and you're trusting. You're waiting uh, uh, for God to do something because you, it's a job issue, it's a relationship issue, it's a healing issue, it's a hurt issue, it, it's whatever it is for you. I'm going to pray. We're going to sing this song, and then you're going to take care of some business with our Father God. You're going to have a moment with Him where you can ask Him, God, where are you? And allow him to reveal himself in you and through you and, and speak, I don't know, resurrection in, in, into an area of your life where you feel like it's, there's no hope. Can we do that this morning? So Father, open our ears, stretch our hearts and speak to us in a way that only you can. For those of us who are uh, waiting and praying and believing that you're going to do something with their job, Father God. I pray that you reveal the power of your resurrection, the person of Jesus into that situation. Father, I pray for those of us who are struggling with our finances. Show up, Father, and, and speak to them and, 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 and speak to us and tell us what the next steps are that we need to take, Father. For those of us who are struggling in a, in a relationship that seems to be dying, I pray that you speak life into that right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I lift up every situation that every single one of us online and in-house are going through, and I pray that we can hear those words, that it will rise again. The power of, and it's all through Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. Why? Because you loved us that much. You are that faithful, and you are so, so good. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Reveal yourself to us this morning as we continue on in our worship to you. Oh,